This is the Grits and Grids podcast, a conversation with creatives from around the world about creativity, design, and all things in between. Hey everyone, it's Joseph Zala, and you're probably shaming me right now because May came and May went and there was not a single Grits and Grids episode. And for that, I am unbelievably sorry, but rather than apologize, I think we'll just change things because, well, we can, and this isn't gonna be a monthly. This is gonna be something that we try to do monthly, but if we don't hit it, we don't hit it, and we apologize in advance. Um, May was a huge month for Vigor and for Grits and Grids. We moved offices, which, as you can imagine, is exponentially more difficult than moving a human into a new place. But we're here, we're settled, we're in our new digs, and we're loving it. Uh, Additionally, I had uh, a couple of personal things to attend to, which soaked up a lot of my time, um, one being a surgery that I had to recover from. So all the excuses and all the reasons, and I humbly ask for your forgiveness. Having said all that, let's jump into the episode. This time, we are talking with two amazing individuals. One is Eli Altman of 100 Monkeys, who's been on the show before. Um, Amazing guest, uh, a lot of insights. Uh, Eli is coming off of writing a new book called Run Studio Run, which you should absolutely pick up if you haven't. And the other guest is Daniela Garza, who's one of the principal partners of Anagramma. Anagramma is a multi-location agency based in Mexico. Um, You're probably familiar with their work because it's absolutely amazing. And there's also a reason why you're familiar with it, because you've seen it, whether you realize it or not. Um, And both these individuals are going to talk to us about how to grow your practice. So a lot of us probably started as freelancers or just one-person shops um, and have wondered, like, how do you get ahead? How do you take that next step? Uh, What is that next step and what's right for you? Is the next step for you to grow your practice and uh, start hiring a team and really build this thing? Or is it just to stay a one-person show and hustle hard and thrive? Uh, Either way, there's a lot of insights with these two individuals uh, that can give you some ideas on what happens next. That said, let's jump in. Today uh, on this episode, we have Eli Altman. Eli, I want you to say hi and give a quick little intro to who you are. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Eli Altman. I'm the creative director at 100 Monkeys, a uh, naming and branding studio in Berkeley, California, and also the author of two books, uh, Don't Call It That, about naming, and Run Studio Run, about running small creative studios. How have you grown your practice in size and scale? It's taken a while, and I guess very slowly would be my uh, <laughs> my answer. Um, you know, when I started here, we were like three people about ten years ago, um, and now we're eight. And I don't think that number's grown by more than one or two in any given year. Interesting. Yeah, I think you uh, touch on it a bit in uh, your book, Run Studio Run. Uh, So Eli's book is basically what it says. It's how to run your studio. It's a lot of sage-like advice in there. Uh, And you get a little bit of backstory on 100 Monkeys. Maybe maybe let's start there. Why don't you kind of give us a little bit of how did 100 Monkeys come about? Um, Maybe give us that inside track on what that name means. Sure. Um, So... uh... 100 Monkeys was started by my father in 1990. 
Um, he left a ad agency uh, that he started called Altman and Manley uh, to focus on the beginnings of things, uh, names in particular. And so I kind of grew up in that environment. Um, I was naming things around the dinner table and doing like freelance projects starting at 16. Um, I went to design school, was a bad designer for a while. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they uh, at the design firm I was at, they kind of knew I had this naming skill set. And so they put me back into that role. And uh, eventually that led me back to 100 Monkeys. Um, which I've been running since about uh, 2012. That's excellent. What a journey. Um, d- during that time, I'm sure you kind of got hit with some unexpected uh, challenges. Um, what what unexpected challenges have surprised you as critical to your growth? Yeah, I think hiring is absolutely one thing uh, that, you know, having a process for hiring, knowing what you're looking for in people, the types of people you're looking to hire, how important their sort of personality fit is relative to their skill set, what skills you're actually looking for. Um, all those things have been, you know, really important to figure out. Um, and, you know, there's, there's lots of people who would love to tell you how to hire someone, but like figuring out how people fit into your actual business, knowing the work that you want them to take off your shoulders or other employees' shoulders um, are all things that you need to kind of put conscious thought and energy into. You know, I look at like the people I've had to fire over the years and think about that as like real personal mistakes on my part. Um, Me not seeing red flags, not paying attention to the right thing when looking to bring people in, um, being dazzled by a nice resume or a strong education or something like that. Um, And, you know, I think over the years, we've really just fine-tuned what's important for us, who we're looking for, how much experience that is, which is, I think, less actually than we thought it was initially. Um, Mm -hmm. We care more about kind of training people in in our culture and our process than, um, you know, feeling like, they can sort of come in on day one and make a serious contribution, which I think is a sort of fallacy that a lot of people hold on to. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it really is just a constant learning process. I mean, we're, we're learning how to grow every single day, um, making all of our specific processes, you know, more fine tuned, stronger, easier to follow, Um, you know, and then I think just in the back of my head, keeping this sense of like, well, you know, how big do we want to be? And is that even the right way to be thinking about it? Is it more about the work that we really want to do? Um, and like having some goal in mind about the number of people we should have here. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think hiring is, um, I think it's one of those things that everybody acknowledges is really important. And then they usually try to change the subject. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's vital. Um, essentially, you know, in an agency and maybe you disagree, uh, feel free to challenge, but when you're uh, starting a studio firm agency, whatever you call it, the, the folks that you have on the team are essentially, that's what you're selling. It's not necessarily uh, logo design or, or uh, marketing campaigns or naming. It's, it's those people. And their capability and their their uh, capacity to to excuse me to answer um, 
the ask and or above and beyond the ask. And uh, I think you start to get a little bit surprised when you actually have to go through a hiring process uh, and realize that it's a lot of attracting the right people. So there's a lot of work that goes into it before you're in, you know, face to face with someone, you have to put a brand into the world that they want to be a part of. Totally. Um, and, you know, and, and when you're small, every person that you bring in has a dramatic effect on the culture of your studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think about having a conversation with one other person versus having a conversation with three other people, you know, and, and like that, that other voice carries serious weight when you're in a really small company. Um, and you know, as you get bigger, the challenge shifts into what aspects of our culture are really important for everybody to have, because people aren't getting that kind of one-on-one time with leadership that they, you know, they might in a smaller environment. And so you really need to focus on like what aspects of your culture, personality process are really essential for everyone to hold on to. Um, so it's this kind of like shifting scale where, Initially and early on, your hires are incredibly important um, just because they're making up a large percentage of the people in your studio and the work that you do. Um, And that kind of shifts over time, you know, as you grow into this question of like, what really is important for everybody here to have? Um, What are those essential elements? Because you're not going to be able to sort of control everything in the same way you would if you're running a three person studio. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like, even mathematically, if you think about it, if you're a one person studio and you add an employee, you have doubled the size of your studio. Yep. Like that's, that's insane. If you think about it like that, that's actually insane. Like, to like, you know, it, it obviously on a grander scale, it sounds bigger. Like if you're a thousand person entity and you add another thousand people, that's huge. But, um, I think being really smart about, uh, what you want from that person is critical. And I think uh, you mentioned culture. I think that's one of the biggest pieces of it. Uh, making sure that there is a cultural fit, um, not just a capabilities fit. Um, with that, I mean, you mentioned that now uh, 100 Monkeys is, is eight strong. Um, I think in the general scheme of things that puts you, I think we're the same size actually, uh, That, but we're a relatively small agency company or whatever. Um, do you think that there is such thing as too big? Is there something, is, is, is there too big for you? And do you think there's too big for others? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, one person I, I talked to when I was doing run studio run was a uh, Paul Barnes, who's one of the principals, at a commercial type. And he was saying that, uh, you know, all of his friends who work at big studios yearn for the small days um, and mm-hmm. vice versa that, you know, anybody who has like a two, three person studio has grand ambitions. But once you're on the other side of that, uh, you wish everything were small again, That you know, they see people in their studio and it's like, who the hell is that? I have no idea. What <laughs> I don't know. Um, that, that, that's and, Kevin, by the way. And uh, honestly, we really don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think the real question is size and service of what? Um, and, you know, it's it's harder as you grow to really steer the ship, right? You make wider turns um, because it's harder to get everybody on the same page. And, you know, also just because you grow doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be making more money. 
you know, salary is likely the largest expense at any creative studio. And so as you bring in more people, you need to bring in more work to balance that out. And, you know, so just because uh, you're, you know, doing more work, hiring more people doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be more profitable. And so then the question becomes, like, what are you in this game for? What do you want to get out of it? Is it to create beautiful, stunning work? Because if so, you're probably going to be a lot more effective doing that when you're small. Um, you know, is it to uh, service large clients on an ongoing basis? Okay, well, you're probably going to need a slightly bigger studio to do that. But like, why do you really want to do that? Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people want to grow without actually putting in the thought to why, like grow to do what? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's going to be, if, if you don't know the answer to that, stay small, please, until you do know the answer, because it's going to be a lot easier to pivot towards what your answer is uh, when you're small, as opposed to figuring that out once you've grown, having to fire a bunch of people and rehire to sort of head towards whatever new target you're after. Um, so I absolutely believe in too big. I- I'm surprised that our company is eight people now. Um, for a naming company, that's pretty big. Most Mm -hmm. name companies in air quotes that you can't see in a podcast, uh, (laughs) are like one person, two people. Um, and so, you know, I think for us, it's really just been about making sure that we can take all of the cool projects that come across our desk. Um, we've gotten a lot better at saying no to work over the years, seeing red flags, knowing what type of work either isn't well suited for us or would be a pain in the ass to execute. Um, but you know, for us, it's just about like, if a cool project comes across our desk, I hope we have the bandwidth to execute it. And, you know, so far that means having a company that's eight people. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense too, especially uh, when you talk about why do you want to be big? You know, is it, is it a vanity thing? Is it because you want to be someone who owns a studio that's 30 people strong, 100 people strong? Uh, is it financial gain? Um, I think there are a lot of ways to hit those reasons why uh, without having to exponentially increase the size of your team. Because um, I, I agree, there is some there is such thing as too big. Totally. Um, and, and I think the, you know, the financial gain thing is one of the biggest traps that people walk into, right? Like if you want the, if you can admit to yourself that you want the vanity of like walking into a 30 person studio and like, that's, what's going to make you feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. cool. You know, chase, chase that dream. Right. Um, If you know, but if you're after making more money, um, it's a much simpler a to B to make more money when you're small than when you're big. Um, like it's really easy. Um, become a specialist, uh, you know, your time is a limited resource. As your time becomes a more rent limited resource, you can charge more money for your time because more people want it, you know, repeat to infinity. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really simple story. Um, you know, doing that when you're big requires all sorts of like human resources and management and, you know, project timing and flow and all of these things, it's a much more complicated game you're playing. And it's just like, if you're after making money, um, you know, it's like being great at checkers versus like attempting to be okay at chess. Right. 
That, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, listen, this is just grazing the surface of such a huge, uh, a huge topic that's multifaceted. Uh, and luckily, someone that we know wrote a book that can really help answer even more uh, questions that you have about growing your practice. It's called Run Studio Run. And yes, Eli is the one who wrote it. Um, I've read it cover to cover a couple of times and I've passed it around to folks in my office as well because it, it's it's great. It's an easy read, but it's very, I think everything in it is important. There's no fluff. Um, and Eli has promised 100% of the proceeds goes to me, which is great and really, really generous of him. Um, that, that last part's not true, but the rest of it is totally true. So pick it up. Um, there'll be a link in the show notes, of course. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Big shout out to my friend Eli Altman of 100 Monkeys. That was amazing information, a lot of valuable insights. If you haven't picked it up yet, please go buy his book, Run Studio Run. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's amazing. I've bought it. I've read it. uh, And I find it to be something pretty slick uh, and chock full of information on how to grow your practice. Uh, Again, whether it's with a team or individually. Either way, it's an easy read and I highly suggest it. Now let's talk to Daniela Garza of Anagramma Studio and see what she has to say about growing your practice. Uh, I'm very honored to have Daniela Garza here from Anagramma who has successfully grown Anagramma from, I believe you said four people and now you're at almost 45 people. That's, that's a nice jump. That's wonderful. Um, when, when you think back on that, what do you think are some things that were critical to growing your practice in size and scale? Well, well yes. Um, we started uh, like back 11 years ago. We started uh, at this very small office. We were only four people, then five. And at that time, I was doing graphic design in general and the other members of the partnership, Mike, Sebastian, and Gustavo, they were uh, working on branding, of course, branding projects and web design at that time. At that time, we didn't offer interior design solutions yet or more complex pro- digital products like uh, an e-commerce or uh, let's say a digital platform or maybe a complex editorial project. We were more into branding and web basic design. And I think growing our practice as a branding agency start exactly in the moment where our clients start asking us for more. You know, we wanted to offer a complete set of deliverables because at the end, branding is something you actually can touch, can't touch. It's intangible. It's a feeling you have uh, with a product or the service. That It's a link between the consumer and this product or service. So um, we were super uh, into try to find a solution where we can do or uh, de- develop all the touch points with uh, through the consumer experience with a brand or, uh, or, or, or service. So at that point, we decided to start collaborate with, at that time, with an architect. Uh, his name is Roberto Trevino. Now he's a partner. So eventually, uh, f- uh, after a couple of projects, we decided to just uh, collaborated with him in-house, so he became a partner in the studio. And lately, um, we bring a creative, um, a 
creative partner too. Her name is Carolina Ortiz into the web team because web is an area that keeps growing and growing. It's it's crazy. It's it's, it's literally it's the, the unit that is keeping up and every time uh, because it's you know it's a response of reality of what is going on in the world so it's natural growing and she started as a partner later we we, we bring this second partner in the in the web area his name is uh, Roberto and both are the best to to develop uh, digital products and these days we offer not only a basic website but an e-commerce an app for instance, or maybe a specific platform, internet, extranet, a, a customized platform uh, stuff, basically. So um, at the end, we just realized uh, 11 years later that we are covering more areas than we thought, on the, or, or at least uh, more areas that we were doing at the beginning. Uh, I remember also we didn't have any muscle on copywriting, for instance, or other areas like, I don't know, video, photography, things like that. And we keep growing. You know, we have um, right now, we already have a strategy team and a copywriting team. And hopefully very soon we'll have our own uh, photography team. We're working on it. And we like the idea of go wider and wider to offer all the solutions in one place for our clients. So I think at the end, you adapt of what is going on out there and what clients need. Yeah. And it sounds to me that, you know, you had the benefit of, um, <clears throat> of clients that basically have accounts that you can grow, meaning that if someone came in for branding, for instance, they were then naturally ushered into uh, different services like photography or um, interior design and stuff like that. Um, otherwise, it's it's relatively difficult to expand into those other avenues and just wait for work to come in. Um, so additionally, and maybe I'm jumping over here, but uh, I think processes are the other question um, that maybe a lot of folks have, have here. They say that you know the, the path to growth is in your people and your processes um, and product as well. But um, with processes, how, how much of your time or the team's time has been spent developing strong processes to make sure that... Uh, things can be done not only efficiently, but high quality uh, or high caliber of creative is output. Well, we invest a lot of time, <laughs> to be honest. Um, one of the founders, uh, Gustavo, his background is engineer. He's nothing to do with design, but he developed this amazing platform named Galland. And it's, it's about that. It's about processes. And we've been, I mean, we're doing updates on this platform like monthly and keep you know, getting better and better and to try to understand um, the, the, you know, what we do because creativity, you know, is so intangible and it's so hard to put in, in sometimes even in words because um, for a long time, it's, it's something that you can't touch. You don't even know how it's going to look. It's only throwing ideas and visualize them through different um um, softwares and things, but uh, it's, it's, it's not easy to develop processes for creativity, but we truly believe it's that, you know, it's a big difference. It's a big difference between a very well-established branding agency than, a, uh, I don't know, a, a, maybe a, a person who individually work in the industry or a freelance. Having 45 people without process will be a mess. I promise you that. So we truly believe in processes and we invest a lot of time trying to understand and improving our processes. Of course, it's very easy to have a, you know, once once you find a process and you, you want to stick with it because it works fine, but it's always good to ask yourself, like, 
am I, you know, doing it perfectly? Because, you know, it's not the same. The world is not the same as 11 years ago. So perhaps today you can improve better, you know, all these uh, things about storytelling, you know, these are kind of new. So bringing up the, those steps into your process um, makes you um, stronger as, as, um, as a branding industry. That makes sense. Now, what unexpected elements have surprised you as critical to growth and, and how did you overcome the issues or address them intelligently, I think, or successfully, I should say? Well, let me tell you, grow as a female leader, and I'm not going deeper on that topic, but it's, it's not easy, you know, it's, it's, a, it's I don't know, I, I remember this uh, TV series, Mad Men, just explains perfectly what is going on with this industry. I mean, it's more in going to advertising, but I think it's a good metaphor. So it's never really easy for women to stand out in this industry, but I think I, I will definitely put that in my list of uh, things that I, I didn't like when, when I started uh, being um, an account manager, later uh, partner. And of course, the world is changing. You know, everything is much better when I remember like me starting in a, you know, doing some, uh, doing a pitch, for instance, or something. I feel totally different from that first step of my, of my life or uh, of, of, as a professional, of course. But um, I think it's also very helpful that, we liked, and, and we say it like very transparent, we are a young team. Our average age will be around 25. So I, I don't want to sell this photo of super pros guys dressing like, uh, you know, with smokings, like that stuff. I'm, I'm not that. I, I like to say I work with young people and I think uh, even that sometimes clients or, or big companies could feel skeptical about it. I think that it, it, it's cool to say we are young minds, wild souls, <laughs> and we like uh, to, to, to be transparent on that. And, and I think uh, the, the mix of uh, ages, genders, and everything at the end helps to have this great line and ambience into the studio and eventually translates through the work. Yep, that makes sense. Now, for you guys, again, I mean, um, over the 11, year, 11 years, it's gone from a small studio to um, a rather large footprint and a very well-respected book of work. Um, is there such thing as too big for Anagramma? Oh, well, depending. Like, in terms of people, yes. <laughs> I would never say, I, I don't want to go bigger than 45 because we like to behave as a super big agency, but at the same time offer the detail and quality of a small design boutique uh, agency. So I think this size allow us to, to be in the middle of both things. Um, but I, you never know. I mean, in, in other, um, like we would love to have, uh, you know, more branches as, um, photograph and video making and etc. So I'm not close to that options, but definitely you need to be sure that you can, you, you know, all the names that works in your office and you understand your processes. And at least for us, 45 top <laughs> in terms of uh, growing like uh, as, a, as an agency. Well, we're more open than nothing to start, uh, you know, a physical office 
soon in the US, Europe, whatever. I don't know. We're totally open to that. We would love to be in more places around the world. So never it's enough big in terms of uh, physical place, you know, but hopefully we can keep, you know, this uh, medium sized kind of agency. Yeah, I think, you know, if, I, if I'm hearing correctly, it's you never want to lose that personal touch with the um, folks that you work with and the work that you do. But um, there's always a way to expand and still maintain almost that family feel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we, we enjoy saying hi to each other. Like, we, I know things about your life. You know things about mine. And we spend a lot of time out of the office, like friends, basically. And um, I, I, I appreciate that, you know, because at the end, uh, that's the reason why 11 years later, I'm still here. And not only myself, I, I have uh, some colleagues uh, in the studio that have been with us for a long time. And I think it's because we develop, um, you know, relations and that's helpful uh, for processes as a growing as a company. Well, this has been absolutely great insight into how you've grown and what's on your horizon and maybe some of the ideas that um, can help others grow their practice from the one to three person shop into something much larger. Uh, thank you so much for chiming in on this. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. <laughs> That's all for this episode, everyone. Thanks again for listening in. Be sure to follow us at Grits Grids on Instagram and give us a great review in the iStore and Google Play. Thanks so much.